Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. Basil Patrick Cannon, and joining me uh, via the Skype interwebs is uh, Matt. Matt, what is your full name and your in-game name, sir? My full name is Matt Knott, and my in-game persona on pretty much any forum you can think of is Talktimish. Talktimish. Okay, that's how you say it, because I had no that's idea how, how to say it. <laughs> I've heard every pronunciation you can think of. It's, uh, it's Mongolian. It's a holdover from when I used to participated in the uh, SCA Society of Creative Anachronism okay. reenactment and just kind of stuck. Cool. Very, very cool. Cool. So uh, as you can tell, we're both extremely super nerds. So that's, that's, <laughs> I guess that's appropriate. Um, this yes. podcast is about Star Wars, the trading card game. It is a uh, newer card game on the scene. It was released around the December area of last year. I want to say December. That sounds right. And yep. uh, we've been playing it ever since. It's just a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, it's a little bit different from a normal card game. You, you buy the core sets and the force packs that come out each month, and uh, you get all the cards. You don't have to waste your money on booster packs. So over the course of the year, it'll cost you about as much as it would to play an MMO for a year, which I think is pretty solid, unlike Magic, where one card's $400, which is just super, just, just awesome. Uh, so before we start... Uh, with the uh, the meat of this podcast here, I think we should kind of explain where our backgrounds are from and uh, kind of how we've developed uh, into this game. So, Matt, I'll start with you. Okay, sounds good. All right, so I've been playing, well, so long that I remember when TCGs were called CCGs. I actually started, I would think I was about 14 years old, with Spellfire, which was a somewhat short-lived D&D CCG made by TSR before they got bought out by Wizards. Um, so I played that for a few years. Uh, over the years, I've played almost every card game that exists. Uh, not all, but most. Uh, I was big into Legend of the Five Rings for quite a while. I was a huge fan of that game and the storyline and stuff and got pretty big into that. Um, the game I played probably the most competitively-wise was the World of Warcraft trading card game. Uh, which I started playing when it first came out back in 2006. Uh, I took two breaks in there. The last time I played was, well, all through uh, 2011 into 2012 until it just got to the point where it's 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 just like any other, you know, CCG, TCG, whatever. It just becomes a money game, and I just don't have that kind of money. I mean, I'm 34 years old. I have two kids, a house, and a wife. I can't be blowing five, $600 every three months on cards. Right. Uh LCG-wise, I've played all of them at least once. Uh, I've collected all of them except for Call of Cthulhu, which I actually only, only played for the first time back in December, uh, just to give it a try because it was the only one I hadn't played. I got really big into a Game of Thrones as well as Netrunner. I was pretty big into Netrunner uh, for quite a few months and really liked it, and I really like the mechanics and enjoy the game and stuff, but... Uh, Star Wars has always been something I've been into since I was a little kid and when Star Wars was still a new thing. So Star Wars has always been something I've been into. So as soon as Star Wars came out, I kind of lost some of my focus on Netrunner. Um, so I still play Netrunner. I still play Game of Thrones and collect those and I collect Star Wars and that's all I'm collecting for uh, trading card games now just because, like I said, you know, money's doesn't grow on trees, sadly. Unfortunately, it does not. I'm in the same position. I have a, a wife, a house, and a kid on the way. Don't have a kid yet, but he is on the way. And uh, my background kind of stems from a little bit more... Uh, you're a little bit older than I am, say, about by about 10 years. And uh, I started off when uh, Magic was kind of getting around popular, I guess I should say. I played Magic for a little bit. I, w I was more of a collector than really kind of a, a competitor in Magic. Uh, my first real competitive uh, CCG or TCG, whatever you want to call them, was uh, Pokemon, actually. <laughs> and uh, I, I still collect those cards. I will. That's kind of my, uh, my dirty little secret. I, I love Pokemon. I have always been an avid Pokemon fan. Played all the games, own all of them. And it's just, I just, 
I've always just enjoyed their art style and just this kind of their uh, laid-back attitude to to the game. Now, a lot of people think, okay, Pokemon, it can't be that in-depth, but it's a lot more in-depth than you might think, so... Pokemon. It surprisingly is. Yeah, you know, surprisingly, yeah, it really is. When I first got into the competitive Pokemon, I was like, oh my gosh, there's decks that win in one turn. That's different. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a little bit less expensive than Magic. Um, Magic is definitely the super expensive one. Um, my next card game that I was really into was the original Star Wars card game. Not not the original original one from the 80s, the uh, the next one up from the uh, the movies. That, that was the decipher. Yeah, the ones that were started from those wonderful first three movies that George Lucas completely screwed all of our childhoods up with. <laughs> and uh, I played that for a number of years. Didn't really get into it uh, competitively as I would like to. Uh, mainly just for collecting sake, because uh, like you, I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And then the next game I really got into was uh, was Lord of the Rings. Uh, not the LCG, but the one that stemmed off the movies as well. That one was a lot of fun. Still have all my cards from it. Um, still have a couple cards that are worth a couple hundred dollars, actually. And uh, it's just, oh man, I still play that game with my buddies every once in a while. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, uh, I can't really explain it. It's one of those games where you really have to play it to under, to kind of understand and grasp the, uh, the concept. It's honestly the LCG from Lord of the Rings is a lot like the other card game that was uh, back way back when. Um, you, you you do the uh, I th- I think in the LCG you still do the the ring maneuver and stuff, correct? Or... I haven't played it in quite a while, okay. but are you thinking the Decipher TCG that you're talking about from the movies, yeah. or the older Middle Earth TCG? No, the uh, the one that has all the pictures on it from the movies. The pictures, yeah, I've played that one. Yeah, that, one thing I liked about that game was that you played as the good guys and the bad yeah. guys. Because mm-hmm. I'm always the guy, I want to play the bad guys. <laughs> in fact, your deck had both, I was like, okay, that's good enough. Yeah. yeah. Actually, me and my buddy devised a way where I would play one side and he would play the other side. And then we would have the ring travel by itself with uh, uh, D20 die rolls. So we got really into that game and, <laughs> and made up uh, some of our rules, our own rules for that game as well. But uh, yeah, that game was awesome. And then my next big kind of big game was Star Wars LCG, and uh, that was this. This is my first card game in years, uh, probably five or six years, uh, to be to be quite honest. No, you know, even longer than that. Um, and I've just been diving into it, and just can't get enough. It's just a wonderful card game. So that's our background and. All that other fun junk. So uh, let's kind of get right into the force pack discussion here. Um, force packs with an LCG are released monthly or bi-monthly, depending on when Fantasy Flight actually wants to release them. And then we have the core sets or the expansion sets that are released every three to six months. And they've been doing some interesting stuff with with these force packs. Um the meta hasn't changed a whole lot with all the, the recent additions to the Force Packs, which kind of surprises me a little bit. Um, I'm still running my original uh, Dark Side Sith Control deck, and my Jedi deck really hasn't changed all that much except for uh, Message of Beyond, uh, from Beyond. And then I use uh, my original Rebel deck. There, there's no any of the new Hoth stuff in there yet. Um, what about you? Do you use any of the new Force Packs in your decks at all, or is it mainly still a lot of the original stuff? Uh, my Jedi Smuggler deck tends to be a lot of the old stuff, but with the, a message from beyond. And I also put in the, uh, the Renegade Squadron mm-hmm. uh, mobilization objective set because I really like those guys. But my Jedi Han deck was a bit different, as you know, because I took out the Guardians yep. for a message from beyond, which... And a lot of people think it's probably crazy, but I just works well. I'm, I'm not. It works very well. I get to really lose with it, and uh, it's just it's very effective. So, and I know the thing is, I I've played the deck for so long, I know it so well yep. that I can play it, and whether I'm starting off bad or good, I can still usually bring it out because I know how to play the deck. So it tends to be something I've stuck with. Dark side seems to be the one that I've changed the most. I had a Sith control deck for a long time, which I still. Really, really like the Sith and their whole control aspect because I'm I'm definitely more a control player. Um, but my the deck I'm running now for Dark Side is the the one that Ketrasel and the Kurgan DB calls the Big Red Bus, which is 
kind of mix of the Sith control and then the navies, you know, just come in and crush stuff. Yeah. So that deck I find a lot of fun because it, it almost feels like you're playing two decks. Yeah. Depending on what you draw, you can either go navy aggro or Sith control or you know, I meld the two together, so that's yeah. a lot of fun. And in that one, I use uh, some of the new stuff like the uh, the Death Squadron. Uh, I've got one of their sets in there yep. and a couple others. But for a while there, I had uh, I had an Imperial Navy Trooper deck, an Imperial Navy Vehicle deck, my Sith Control deck, and I was working on some sort of a scum slash uh, Imperial Navy Trooper combo that just didn't seem to fly, but... <laughs> For the most part, yeah, I don't use too much of the new stuff. Like in my uh, the big red bus, the only thing I've got that's new is the killing cold, and then the uh, the deploy the fleet, which has the death squadron, and everything else is core set. So it definitely seems like as cool as the new stuff has been, it doesn't seem to fit yet because I find that with a lot of it, I'm waiting for more packs. Like I really want to do um, an ATAT deck. Oh yeah. I, you know, I, that's I mean for me. The Battle Hoth is Star Wars. You know, the walkers are coming and they're stomping and their General Veers is blowing everything up. And I'm just waiting for that. And I can see that being a popular deck. Problem is, right now, there's not enough sets to put that together. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, actually, speaking of an ATS deck, um, the, uh, the new Force Pack, which was just released, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, uh, at the time of recording this podcast, uh, did come with a couple... Um, Hoth objectives, and one of them yep. was uh, a dark time for the rebellion, which is a navy Hoth objective, which really just synergizes really well with an ATS deck. Well, when it comes out, yeah. Um, as far as the the new force pack that was just released, um, a lot of people are kind of disappointed in it. There's really not a lot of uh, beneficial cards right now, at least just in, yeah. in just just in kind of looking at them. Um, the the new objective sets are uh, Scum and Villainy. We have another Jedi set, another uh, Smugglers and Spies, and a Sith and then a Navy. So people were like, okay, cool. We're going to have some really good synergy with, uh, with the Smugglers. We're going to have some, uh, some good Sith stuff. And they just, they just don't seem useful. I mean, the... Like, I, I, I can't really explain it unless you kind of read them so like i i don't want to read every card because that would just make for a long and arduous podcast and, and I, I don't want to do that um if you guys do want to look at some of the the new force packs uh go to card game dot or excuse me cardgamedb.com, click on the star wars lcg and uh it's under the thread new force pack revealed and uh there's images taken from the smugglers den podcast which they posted on the facebook so big shout out to them thank you for doing that we really appreciate that and just kind of take a look and just kind of uh try and figure out where would these actually fit so let's let's kind of break the down the force pack down just a little bit here um preparation uh, prepare for evacuation which is the smugglers and spies new objective set it comes with some Renegade Squadron Escorts, which uh, have Protect Vehicle, which was really interesting to me because it didn't come with shielding. Generally, a card that comes with Protect is going to have at least 3 HP or 2 HP and shielding. So with them not coming with shielding, it really just kind of makes them not really useful. It's a 2 for 2 cost, which isn't terrible. But, I mean, I, I really don't see this getting used in a vehicle deck because there's just so many other better standard Rebel choices like the Home 1 objective set, like um, Mobilize the Squadrons even. Uh, I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't really find it to be useful. And then another card that just really has a lot of people scratching their head is the, uh, the Toy Box card, which I think is, is an appropriate name. Um, it's, yeah. its reaction is... When this unit uh, is focused to strike, search the, your deck for top for the top five cards for a character unit with a printed cost of two or lower. Why would you use this? Why, why is this in a a vehicle pod or excuse me, objective set? It's not called a pod. Um, a vehicle objective set. I, I'm not entirely understanding what the purpose of this is. Now, granted. Matt, this could actually be beneficial once the new Edge of Darkness comes out and there's a whole heck of a lot of just uh, Renegade Squadron units because that would just be crazy. So this might synergize well with the uh, expansion pack that's coming out in, in July. 
One thing that I can think of is because if you if you put this with the other Renegade Squadron card from Search for Skywalker, mm -hmm. you could get out the Renegade Squadron operatives with that card yes. potentially for free. But it's just it's not enough, especially with the fact that it's got protect vehicles. But those protect vehicles would be good for keeping your Renegade Squadron alive as well. Yes. So I mean I can I can see its uses and it is Hoth, which is good. So I just I think you're going to want this in a mostly Hoth deck just because the objectives mm -hmm. itself interrupt. Yes. When a Hoth objective leaves play, return target unit to its owner's hand. Yes. No cost limit, anything. Oh, you have the Emperor? He's gone. Oh, Vader? Goodbye. You know, get rid of their their big guys that yeah. they wasted potentially a couple turns of resources on if they uh, maxed out a, you know, a two or three generating objective. No, so, I agree. I definitely agree. I just... I think the problem with this, like the first two packs, I think really set the bar very high. Yes. Like the first pack came out, and I mean, granted, we've all been waiting and chomping at the bit for what felt like, you know, half a year had been three months, but we wanted new cards. We'd all played with our two core sets, and we'd, you know, built different combinations, but we wanted something new. So the first one came out, and, you know, it met everybody's expectations. A Message from Beyond became pretty much a must have in a Jedi deck overnight. Right. Second pack, same thing. We had the amazing, another amazing Smugglers, because Smugglers seems to get everything that's awesome. <laughs> and then this pack comes, and it was kind of like... Yeah, eh, yeah. it's just like, really? there's no synergy with the current cards that are in the um, the rotation right now. There, there really isn't. Yeah. Um, so let's go over the next uh, objective set, which is self-preservation. Matt, anything that kind of stood out um, negative or positive for you? It's. I think I'm gonna agree with something that Tiny Grime said on one of the boards. I think it might have been card game. I'm not sure. I agree with him, and I think this is gonna take possibly a new Jedi archetype. Yes. Something that focuses on wanting to control the Force, because there are cards for both the Sith and the Jedi that are better if you control the Force. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's cards right here, like Gotel's Gotel Outcast is useless without you controlling the force. Now, if you do control the force, he's got two black blast damage. That's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, unwavering resolve. I was, at first I was kind of like, oh, that's really not that great. But then I thought more about it. Well, that means you could have your Obi-Wan or your Luke or somebody not commit them to the force, but still use them, help you win the edge battle or the force battle rather, because of the fact that they can do it even if it is exhausted. Mm -hmm. So sure, use that Luke to, you know, hit the the dark side, blow up an objective, or take out some units, or whatever, and then play this unwavering resolve event. When the force battle, dark side turn comes up, Luke's removes his focus token. Luke's now ready. And Suresu training, I think, is probably one of the better cards in this particular objective set because of the fact that it gives the unit shielding and plus one damage capacity. Shielding for the light side is huge right now. Because of preparation for battle, right? No, so. I, 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 I would definitely agree. I think the uh, the archetype definitely is going to have to change for that for this particular objective set to be uh, to be of use. And um, yeah. kind of in, in line with what you're saying, uh, the cards that the current light side kind of has that have to do with uh, if the light side is uh, with or if the force is with you or not are uh, it binds all things which is uh, return the top card of your discard pile to your hand. If the balance of the force is light side, then you can return two. And then the other one would be Jedi Mind Trick, which would be place a focus token on a character or creature. If the balance of the force is light side, you can do it twice on that same character. So, exactly. I mean, the the archetype, I would definitely agree with, with Tiny, that it's going to be a, you know, we might even see a Jedi control deck eventually, which would be awesome, because then I could run my Je uh, my Navy deck and just walk all over the floor of, of everybody, because I love my Navy deck. It's just it's so pretty. I'm just like, oh, you have units? That's cute. I don't really care about these, so I'm just going to attack with everything, and then you look at the player, and they kind of go, really? I don't really know how to defend, and they just kind of sit there and go, uh, I'll defend with that one, I guess? And then you're like, oh, well, okay, and then I kill the objective, so... I, I really hope that we do see a Jedi control deck because I think that'll be really interesting to see how that would kind of play into uh, the tournament rules because we have the the light side needs to kill three objectives to win the game, 
but having a control deck on top of that would mean that they could do that and control the board at the same time, just like the uh, the big red bus or or any really Sith control deck can do is, oh, here's Palpatine, I'm going to focus all your units, and hey, Vader's going to attack all your units and just make you cry. Or, you know, the Devastator pops out turn two, and you're like, well, I hate life. And, <laughs> I mean, my buddy does that to me all the time. I hate you, Shriggs. Which, by the way, Shriggs will be on the show uh, our, our next next week he's actually at his brother's graduation so he'll be joining us uh, next episode um i would definitely agree though uh the archetype definitely does need to change and uh i really think again the art on the 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 the, uh, the jedi objective set is just superb i love every uh jedi objective set art it's just really really well done uh message from beyond is still probably one of my favorite art um images for that objective set yeah um, i'm a huge fan of the artist. Uh, yes. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. He's, I believe, Italian. But his art, because he's done a few different things for various LCGs, he's now strictly Star Wars. Awesome. But his art is amazing. Like, it's just yeah. stunning. They, they have some really good art. They have some some just fantastic artists. Uh, the next objective set we'll kind of look over is the Hunt for Han Solo, which is a scum and villainy objective set. And let me tell you, there's some pretty bad cards in here. <laughs> um. The one I really want to kind of go over is Carbonite Chamber Activation. What were they thinking with this card? Action. Place one focus token on uh, each unit up to two targeted non-vehicle units with a combined printed cost of three or lower. Yeah. Like, I just... I don't... That doesn't make any sense. Now, if, if this works with just one unit, then that'd be great because, you know, there, there's a lot of good units that are three or lower, but it has to be two units and they have to combine three printed costs or lower, so that's one or two units that really don't do a lot. They're mainly like resources or something. And it's just like, that doesn't really... I, I don't... The only way I can see this being beneficial is if those units are already focused and they're committed to the force. You just add an extra focus token on them, and they're out of the they're out of the uh, the game for a couple extra turns. But I mean, really, it's just kind of uh, edge battle fodder at this point. It would work at least on somebody like Yoda, because Yoda's cost is three, so it could work on him and potentially shut him down. The only thing I don't like is that it's only one focus token on each. If it was you know two focus tokens or one on two units, right? Then it might be better. But, but I mean the, the fact that it only puts one on one unit, it's really not that great. Well, it, it, you have to target two units though. It has to be two it, units that's combined printed cost of three or lower. So it can't be Yoda. You don't have to though, because it says each on up to two target. Not okay, yeah. Units. No, you're right. So you're right. You can target less. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. So it's. Okay. It's just, uh, the problem is it's nine times out of ten going to target one unit. Yeah, because it's very rare you're going to have a, a two cost and a one cost, and, and you have to pay one for it, which just doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this the Z ninety five headhunter isn't terrible. Pretty good unit, three for three. Um, good effect, good damage. Uh, I th you know one thing that you pointed out, uh, which was really really kind of interesting, is this is going to go really well with the bubble fed objective set. Um. Yeah. It's just, just the, the synergy of having both these objective sets out at the same time are just going to go crazy. So I think we're really going to see this pod in particular really shine once the uh, Edge of Darkness expansion comes out in July, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to make a, a Scum and Villainy deck. I've been waiting to ever since I saw Boba Fett because I'm like, he's such a good card. And um, Yeah, and the thing that you're referring to is the Hunt for Han Solo objective, which for people who might not have read it, it has a reaction after you capture a unit card at this objective, reveal it to remove one focus token from a target scum card, and it's also got the extra benefit if that card is Han Solo, increase the Death Star dial by one. So, you know, a little Han Solo hate, which is probably <laughs> not a bad thing. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely agree. Um, anything else to set out of you, negative or positive, for this objective set? Um, for me, I... This objective set is probably the one that I've changed my opinion on the most in the, well, 24 hours or so we've had the previews, mm -hmm. just because of the fact that somebody on the FFG boards, who unfortunately I can't remember their username right now, pointed out how good that objective is with Boba Fett. Yeah. Because if Boba Fett damages a unit and doesn't kill it, he's capturing it. Well, then you remove the focus zone from him, he does it again. If he's got his armor on, he's targeted striking all these units, potentially capturing 
let's say, I don't know, two, maybe three units, depending on their health. That, that's the only true. problem is with Boba Fett. My problem with Boba Fett is that I find nine times out of ten, I'm not capturing the unit, I'm killing it. Yeah, well, but you know, you have to keep in mind that most of the units you're going to want to capture are going to have more than one health anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and plus his armor gives him target strike anyway. So if we really think about it, and your opponent says, okay, and, and, and your opponent is like, okay, well, I'm not going to defend, and he has Luke and Han Solo out there because you're only going to do one objective damage. Uh, or two, if you you know, if you uh, go unopposed, and then all of a sudden Luke's tactics and he just uh, captured Han Solo. Now he can't defend again with uh, Luke, and then Luke gets captured again. Yeah. So I mean, the synergy for for this and Bubble Fett, and I think the synergy for any of these scum and villainy pods is just going to be amazing. So we're really going to have to look out for those. I think the meta is going to change once the uh, once more uh, scum and villainy pods are released. Yeah, for sure. And it's unfortunate that with the scum, they've been kind of sitting on the back burner for so long because, like, smugglers, pretty much right from the start, it was like, oh my god, Han's amazing. <laughs> and he went in every light side deck. Mm -hmm. Especially if you only had one core set. You know, I mean, I've been playing Han pretty much since I opened my box yep. because he's just so good and he gives you that board control and everything else. Scum just haven't had it yet. The whole capture mechanic just isn't there yet. And I'm really hoping that Edge of Darkness has some surprises in store for us that you know kicks scum up a well more than a few notches oh i i definitely think it will with all the spoilers that we've had so far from fantasy flight yeah. man uh it, it's gonna be sick um yeah. next objective set is uh, serve excuse me hiccups uh serve the emperor and matt these cards are terrible <laughs> the only card here i like is anger yep. <laughs> and it's not even just for the artwork which is amazing because i love vader i and i see it wasn't even until Anger came out that I noticed this little subset they've been doing this Hoth cycle. First we had Fear, now we have Anger. So next time we see Sith, I suspect we'll see Hate. Yep, Fear leads to Anger, Anger leads follow. to Hate, Hate leads to Suffering, yeah. Suffering leads okay. to something else. I don't remember what the exact quote was. I can't remember off the top of my head either. And Anger, I think, is a good card. The problem is, I don't see where the rest of it... Like, I don't see any set that I want to take out just for Anger. Yeah. I mean, Maybe if there was terrible. two copies of Anger in the set, maybe... But even then, I mean, it's three cost, but it's basically three cost targeted kill. Yeah. I mean, the uh, it's a force reaction after enhanced unit control after enhanced units controller loses a force struggle on his turn, he must sacrifice the enhanced unit. So it's basically intimidated, but just with a more potent effect. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of the cards, uh, dark side, profit of the dark side, force force push is so cool, but so terrible because it doesn't target non uh, can't you can't target uh, uh, unique units. I'm just yeah, like that's the problem with that. Why that just defeats the whole purpose. Oh, and then the um, Azjentini, whatever the hell her name is, elite Saudi elite is a four cost for one HP card. That's awful. That's so bad. Like the Weakway Elite, at least has two HP, two blaster uh, icons, and one focus and one tactics. She has two tactics, but she costs four. That's crazy. Ah, uh, it's just. But on the plus side, she does have three force icons. Yeah, she does. So I mean, she can be so, used. I mean, for this is as battle. Yeah. Um. And it, again, this objective set kind of points that they're taking Sith and Jedi into the whole you want to control the force struggle thing because it's got a similar effect. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm not, I don't know. Again, it, it might be like with the Jedi one in this pack, uh, self-preservation there. It might be that just this archetype either doesn't exist yet or it's just not as obvious as some of the other ones. Yeah. Right now, this set doesn't really have a home, unfortunately. Like I said, I love anger. It's just I don't see me taking something out to exactly. play in anger. Well, you know, again, I'm thinking that some of these could also benefit the multiplayer aspect when the multiplayer is released. Bad. That's very true. Which is scheduled to go out sometime in the very, very late year. Which I'm really, I'm really interested to see how well that, how well, and how much it actually changes the game because there's going to be cards in there that are obviously going to be legal for tournament play and one versus one play, but there's yeah. also going to be cards in there that are going to be used for multiplaying gaming. So it'll be interesting to see really kind of. 
how that synergizes. But I really think that this set in particular would really synergize well with the, with, with the multiplayer side of things. Because, like, this right here would just be able... This is like a board control just craziness. So, uh, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. And the last uh, new objective set here in the new Force Pack is A Dark Time for the Rebellion. Which, it's a great title. Um, it is a Hoth Navy objective. The first Navy objective that is Hoth, which is really, really cool. And all these cards are great. Um, mm. This this pretty much synergizes with any vehicle deck you own, in complete honesty. I mean, this this would even go well with uh, Lord Vader's Command, which it was is the new Hoth Vader that was uh, just released uh, last Force Pack, or two Force Packs ago, excuse me. And uh, I think that this is, like, this is just a wonderful... Object, uh, objective set. It's just it's just great all around. It comes with two good units, two copies of a, a really good unit. Um, the event card is very, very solid, and then the unique character card is also very, very, very powerful. So, I mean, I, I really can't say anything about, anything bad about this objective set. Uh, do you have any ne negatives on this uh, there, Matt? Not from this set, other than the fact I don't have it yet. Um, <laughs> This set's been amazing, and this is the one that FFG fully spoiled, and I can definitely see why they picked this one, because this <laughs> one is just, I mean, this one's Navy, you know, it's in your face, aggressive, I'm going to reach over the table and punch you. Um, like, and it, <laughs> the thing that amazes me about it is if you have a Dark Time of the Rebellion as one of your opening objectives, it goes off in your first turn, because Dark Side doesn't skip the refresh. Yep. No, yeah, and that's uh, that's very true. Uh, the reaction is, after you ref refresh, each opponent deals one damage to a unit or objective he controls. So that means you get one free objective damage. And if you have two of these out, that's two objectives that are going to take damage, or one objective that's going to take two damage. Yeah, That's crazy. This one will be a good one for the multiplayer, too, because it's each opponent. So if you're playing against, you know, let's say, three light side, which is the most from what we know you'll be able to play against, you're doing three damage to, you know, across the board. Yeah. I mean... For nothing, you're not doing anything to do it. It's just you're just doing it. Yep. Um, this set, like here with Colonel Stark, I can see a deck being built, and it's one that I want to build as soon as he comes out. Colonel Stark, General Veers, who we're not going to see until I think it's uh, July mm -hmm. or maybe June. No, it's June. And then in July, when we get the ATATs, and then Lord Vader's command, which has the Navy Darth Vader, I can see that being a deck just because. There's a like Vader gives everybody a boost. He gives them all blast damage. Veers gives every trooper and walker a boost. So it's just there's a lot of additional stuff being added. And the I don't know how you say this. The Morsh Moraine mm -hmm. enhance your player. Your unopposed damage is is oh man I can't even read that. Your unopposed bonus is raised to two. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. That doesn't sound like a lot. That's a lot. That's crazy that that means it's a tie fighter one. does one. that means a tie fire that only normally does uh one objective damage is going to do three yeah. that's crazy because the tie fighter only costs one i mean the 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 synergy for this objective set is just just off the charge so um so i mean yeah guys that, that's kind of our opinions on the the new force pack and a lot of it's kind of shared throughout the uh throughout the community unfortunately which is really sad i mean i know there's going to be a lot of people that are they're going, <coughs> they're going to uh, really think otherwise. But they're, from a competitive standpoint, I just I don't see any of these things being used at least yet because there's no good objective sets that we can take out of the current meta decks to fill into here. Because the Sith do not struggle with with force at all. The balance of the force they usually have it nine times out of ten, and the rebels or or the uh, the rebels with their their, the Rebel deck is not really going to benefit from having this Smugglers and Spies over-mobilize the squadrons. Um, so I don't really see that being of use. And then the Jedi one, I, I'm still kind of hesitant on this one, to be very honest. I might try this and take out Yoda and see what happens. Because Yoda is just kind of one of those, if you get him out and you get really good setup, he's really, really scary, but you still have to win the edge battle. With this, it's more of, uh, if the Force is with you, then great. So I I'm not entirely sure how that would work out. Um, I, I think that, that the, the, the Jedi pod uh, objective set excuse me, does kind of merit some testing, but I, I really don't see any of the sets 
being taken out solely for this, um, at least yet. Then again, the this common villainy is more of a uh, kind of a wait and see till the expansion comes out. The Sith pod or Sith objective set, gotta stop calling pods, um, <laughs> is just kind of mad. Like you said, the only really good card in there is anger, yeah. and the rest of them are just kind of. Like, make me just shake my fist at the screen and go, this could have been a great ob- objective set. Why? Uh, mainly because she costs four and only has one HP. I just That, that's just, that utterly just makes me very upset. Um, and force push, me and Shrakes were actually, like, joking about this about a week ago going, dude, they need a force push card. That would be so cool. Like, you could push, like, four a tactics icons from there are units to another units, which, honestly, that's what should have happened. But, uh... No, they give this card that costs two, and you can't target Luke, Yoda, Han, or any other unique card. It's just, yay, Twi'lek Loyalist is tactics. Woohoo! I mean, who cares? So, and then we have the, the Navy, which is just awesome. So, honestly, the only reason to spend $15 is on one objective set. And, uh, honestly, Matt, I think this is the first objective set that I will, uh, force pack that I will be passing on until a later date. I'll still be getting just because I get them all, and I want to test some of these things just to see. Because I mean, a lot of what people are saying, even what we're saying, is you know strictly initial judgments. Yeah, of course. Obviously, they're not in our hands. My problem with the Sith one is, you know, like you said, is there's just there's not enough in it yet. But again, it could be. I really want to test out the Scum and Villain one though. Yeah. That's the one. I think I'm going to try and whip up some sort of a deck, play it for the next week or so, and see. If it can do anything, you'll see if this Boba Fett and the hunt for Solo, Han Solo is actually a combo that can, you know, do some damage. Right. Uh, the self-preservation, I can see that going in Jedi. I just, and the only reason I'm saying that, I can see it going in the Jedi that uses the uh, the preparation from battle, the neutral one that makes shields, you know, so much better mm-hmm. because it gives the Jedi shielding on more units. So it, I can see it being advantageous for them for that way, but. It's like you said. What do you take out? Uh, yeah, it's it's getting to the point that it's it's hard to take stuff out now. Um, yes, it is. Yes, it very much is. I, actually, you know, th- this kind of brings us uh, nicely to our our last uh, topic here for this uh, this sh- uh, this week's show is kind of deck talk is I guess what we're gonna call it. And let's kind of talk about the current decks that we're using now and. Anything that we would want to actually change or add to them once this new force pack comes out. So, uh, you said you're going to try a variation of the Scum and Villainy. Now, how how would you build that? Because there is one deck out right now uh, that um, I found on uh, Team Covenant's website, uh, TeamCovenant.com, from um, Cordos. I think that's how you say his oh, name. Oh yes, okay. Um, and he called it No Disintegrations, which is two Council of the Sith, two Empire's Web, two Cruel Interrogations, two Bestman Exchange, and two Jabba's Orders. Now, what I would do is take out the Cruel Interrogations and put in the new uh, Scum and Villainy pod, and then run the Jedi or Jedi. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, the Sith affiliation. I think that that would be. I think that that has some potential to be a very very powerful set. Yeah, what I'm thinking initially for what I'm going to try at first is I'm going to take, obviously, Boba, uh, the best in exchange. I'm going to take uh, Jabba's Orders, which has the Weak Elite, which are amazing. Yeah. Um, and then add this, the new one, the Hunt for Han Solo. And then I'm going to go Sith. Uh, I'm just having trouble deciding which two Sith. I was thinking of putting in Cool Interrogation just because it gives you that initial capture effect. Yeah. And it's got the Interrogation Droids with their tactics, which... I find them expensive, but occasionally they're they're useful. And then I'm thinking the deck might need some resources, so I might go with one of the more resource-heavy things that the Sith has, like a maybe Council of the Sith. But I, I definitely think it's a deck that's going to need some testing, um, obviously, because it's just it's it's so new and Scum and Villain just I just don't think. I think the problem is they're just not good enough yet, and they're not as obviously good. So people are having a hard time trying to figure it out, but we're not going to figure it out until we play them. No, I agree. Uh, other than that, I'll be sticking with my regular dark side deck, which is my Sith last Navy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, um, in terms of light side decks, um, I know that you and me kind of f- favor the the Jedi side of things. 
Yeah. Um, we kind of have a similar build, don't we? Uh, I think we're fairly similar. I'm I'm Luke, Yoda, Han, A Message from Beyond, and I've got Renegade Squad and Mobilization in it, but I'm not 100% if I'm going to keep that in there or not. Yeah, I've been using uh, Luke, Han, uh, Yoda, Message from Beyond, and I I still haven't still haven't really um, picked if I'm going to use Obi Wan Kenobi or um, the new uh, Renegade Squadron mobilization yet. I'm still on the fence about that one, um, yeah. mainly because you're pretty much getting the exact same thing for Kenobi and. Uh, Renegade Squadron—they're pretty much the same unit, uh, with just a little bit, uh, a little bit difference. Um, actually, I think aren't they the? Yeah, they're they're the uh, mo they're identical, aren't they? As far as tactics uh, icons go, because they each have two: one's Edge, one's not. And Obi Wan Kenobi has a um, objective damage icon. Well, yeah, they're because Renegade Squadron has a unit. Blast and tactics all black, and then an edge dependent tactics. Obi Wan yeah, right. has unit tactics, and then two edge dependent icons, which is a tactics and another blast. So they are different. And the reason I'm leaning more towards Renegade Squadron is because it's a vehicle versus a character. Yep. A lot of the Sith stuff tends to go for characters. A lot of the Navy stuff tends to go for vehicles. So if you have the mix, sometimes you can kind of mix what you mix play, match, just yeah. depending on who your opponent is. So it makes it good in that way, which is. Again, why I think the the big red bus deck is good because it's got you've got the big huge vehicles like Devastator, and then you know, you've got the big baddies like Vader and the Emperor. So you can kind of mix, depending on what you draw, of course, what you're playing. Right. My only pro concern is with my Han Solo deck, other than the fact that all my friends have figured out, you know, I've been winning nonstop and they're all playing basically the same deck now. <laughs> um, is it seems like coming up, we're going to be seeing some enhancement hate. So a card like uh, Old Man Spirit or Trust Your Feelings, both of which are really quite essential to you know get Han and Luke out there and really doing a lot of damage and sticking around on the board, is going to be hurt by cards like we've got coming out with Veer, General Veers. We've got Turbo Laser Battery. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little scary there. But then again, I mean, you know the meta could shift completely to where everyone runs vehicle decks for both sides and no one uses any control decks whatsoever so i mean we we could kind of run into that eventually but then again the card pool is just going to get larger and larger so i think that um because i mean like right now we kind of build for for meta it's you're going to play these two decks you're just you're going to lose it there's no ifs ands or buts really i mean the the current meta i think for the light side is going to be uh, a Jedi deck with Han and uh, Renegade Squadron mobilization, and then a straight-out Rebel deck. Then you have on the Sith side, it's going to be the Sith Big Red Bus or a all-out Sith Control deck. Yeah, Sith Control is still really big. And yeah. Rebels have definitely moved up a notch since the second Force pack came out that released the uh, the preparation for battle because Rebels already ha didn't really have trouble getting shields on their stuff and it just gives them a benefit for having those shields out now so that's why i think they've moved up some um and rebels too i think like one of the few downsides i find to the lcd format is just like like it's designed as a traditional set mm -hmm. but then they break it up obviously so they can spread over the six months the problem is sometimes you want the whole set all at once like speeder decks once this cycle finishes, I think will be huge, oh, especially yeah. once the fifth pack comes out and you got Rogue Leader, Rogue Two, another Snow Speeder. <laughs> I mean, that's Spirit X will be a thing. It'll be all of a sudden they'll be everywhere. Like I'm already, I don't have a Rebel deck built right now. I'm just waiting for the Speeders to finish and then I'll have my Rebel deck going. So things things are going to shift a lot. I think once the hot cycle is over. Yeah. Um, like it's gonna be totally different from when we started to when we ended. Like when we started, it was if you weren't playing Jedi's light side, it's what are you doing? Yeah, you know, and, you know, kind of... and you know, kind of kind of a counter counter um, point to that is I know that the regional winner of the Tulsa Oklahoma one actually won with the all out rebel deck. Yep. Um, and he pretty much walked all over everybody. Now that's because he knows the deck so well that he can just go, oh, I can do this, 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 and this, and this, and win. 
Um, yeah, exactly. I've been actually training myself to play with that deck, and it's really powerful because you really force a Sith control deck to go, okay, do I want him let? Do I want to let him kill this objective, or do I want him to let uh, kill Palpatine and this objective, or kill three objectives and win the game? Uh, a buddy of mine was actually playing the Rebel deck, which uh, was actually Shriggs, uh, and he won in turn three. <laughs> Because uh, he was able to just completely take out all my smaller units as in a Sith control deck, like very very quickly. Because you know a couple of them only had one HP. He was able, like th it was pretty much like the the God Hand of of any Rebel deck. He was basically able to get out two um, heavy blaster emplacements on turn one. Uh, he played a couple other ca vehicle cards. He didn't do anything. I went again, and then on turn three he just went boom 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 Rebel assault. I went, and I was just like, well. That was fun. <laughs> and that's that's one thing that kept me away from Rebels for quite a while. Like, I have played Rebels just because I want to try them out. But I find they're either they win really fast or they lose very fast. I don't find they have much of a middle ground. But preparation for battle with the whole benefit to shields and the extra shieldings has definitely changed that and given them a bit of survivability that they didn't have before. Like Rebels, they tend to have low uh, hit points on everything. Um, so they tend to die easily, but then if you can pass out all these shields, it certainly helps. Yeah. Um, and like, if you are playing a control deck, I think you've really got to make the rebels decide: do they want you to focus their unit with one of your tactics icons, or do they want to use the shield, soak it up, and then take the damage? So you've got to you've got to put them into a hard decision between one or the other. Um, if you're not doing that, then the rebels are just going to build up and up and up, and then just going to walk over you kind of like the navy do just rebels i think take a bit more setup before they can do it whereas navy you know you play devastator boom there goes an objective yeah no i i would i would definitely definitely agree to that um but one thing i have found in kind of playing this rebel deck is there there isn't a middle ground but there kind of is a middle ground mm -hmm. um it's all just kind of about being really patient and slowly damaging objectives when you can um, the, the my two favorite cards in in my current deck for the rebels is covering fire, and uh, obviously rebel assault. Because covering fire, you can be like, okay, um, I'm gonna attack with home one and this y wing, uh, or or no, I'm sorry, you can you can go, okay, I'm gonna attack with this x wing to the bottom objective. And they're like, okay, and they, and they take two damage. You put a focus on the x wing. Then you go, okay, I'm going to attack with home one and the Y-Wing to the middle objective, and they're like, okay, I'm going to defend with Palpatine. Then you're like, covering fire, sacrifice the X-Wing that's focused, and boom, they both have a shield. So now he has, to, he has to decide, okay, do I put two tactics icons on home one and remove them from the engagement and still take two damage, or do I put two tactics on the Y-Wing, take two damage, and all my other objectives uh, suffer a point of damage as well? And then you have also the heavy blaster emplacements, which are pretty much force choke for the light side, which is just... I love those cards because you can go, okay, you have uh, Palpatine out on the field and a Ice Tromper. I'm going to Rebel Assault the Ice Tromper and place two uh, focus on both heavy blaster emplacements. Boom, Palpatine has two damage instantly, and there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good tricks to the Rebels that really kind of... It's more of a thinking deck, which I, I really enjoy. I like decks that make me go, okay, I need to sit back and not just go, yeah, Luke, let's just go kill everything. It's more of just, it's more of a little bit more strategic aggro deck than it's a, a normal aggro deck than than you would think. I at least I think so. So I, no, I agree, and I find that kind of ironic in that the Jedi are more you get your big guys, and then you go and you crush stuff, and then the rebels are. You got to think really smart. You got to plan out your moves. You got to make sure you got the cards. You know to do, you know, do A plus B to do C. Yep. It just seems. It almost seems like it should be the other way around. I agree. Just because of what those factions are, you think the Jedi be the more cerebral, but just the way that they're set up right now, it's just it's not there. Um, going back to one point about uh, my Jedi deck, um, I seriously am considering putting back in Guardian Peace as much as I don't like them. Just because I, like I said, I, I think the possibility of the enhancement hate coming means that my old Ben spirit will start getting destroyed a lot. And if I have the guardians, they're kind of a backup to try and keep the big guys on the board. Because if Jedi lose, they're looped 
or Yoda or Han or you know even an Obi Wan, that's a huge hit for the Jedi. Yes, it they, is. They have a much harder time coming back or something like that than you know rebels tend to sometimes you can you know vomit forth a whole bunch of units. You know if they pick off a couple, it's like oh well, I still attacked you and you know did three blast damage to that objective. Yeah. But you've really got you've. I think light side. A lot of people. I don't want to say they're playing them wrong, but they with rebels they get too aggressive and they want to blow up that objective. Whenever I play like with my Jedi or Rebel deck, I split up my damage because I I get every objective really close to being destroyed. Unless there's something like Killing Cold or something out there. Obviously, I don't want to do that. But there was a game I played last week when we did our game night tournament um, against my buddy Sean, and he had he was playing his uh, his I think he was playing straight Navy deck. And I took lots of damage to all of his objectives with my Luke and Han with their trust your feelings and everything else. And like turn three, I blew up all three objectives in that turn. Yep. He couldn't even stop me. Yeah, and you know, again, that that's why I'm really starting to really fall in love with the Rebels. And keep in mind, my Rebel deck has no of the new Hoth objectives in it whatsoever. It's just straight Rebels. And the reason being is because a lot of that stuff is not going to be edge-dependent. A lot of it is just, like you were saying, really kind of think about it and go, okay, I'm going to put out two cards and then give the um, give the, the dark side of their turn. And then they'll look at you and go, you're not going to attack? And I'm going to be like, no. And they're like, okay. Palpatine attacks. And I'm like, oh, cool, he's focused. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win the game. Thanks. I mean, yeah. it's just it, it's it's stuff like that that um, really kind of throw off the, the dark side player. And even in, in, in a competitive environment, like uh, Team Covenant streamed uh, their entire regional that they did, and I really I saw a lot of dark side players uh, when they were versus uh, Dennis's Rebel deck really make a lot of mistakes because they were kind of thrown off by his sit back and wait passive attitude. I mean, there there were games where where he didn't win until the Death Star dial was at like seven or eight, and that's like really scary for a light side player to be in. But he was just like, I'm gonna page, be patient, bide my time, and. He throws down home one, and he just obliterates the entire board in one turn, and he and they're like, good game. I mean, it's it's I, I love this game so much because stuff like that can happen. I mean, a, a lot of card games, it's just a lot of cheap BS. I mean, it's like, oh, magic, cool. Turn one, I'm going to flash this card, cast this spell, evoke this, and then bam, I win. And, you, and it's just like, okay, that that's stupid. Or, you know, Pokemon still has that stupid Sableye one-turn win deck, which I still own, by the way. It's such a cheap, stupid deck. Because you, it's just like, oh, I win, turn one, yay! I mean, like, that's not fun. That's not fun in a competitive environment, or just fun yeah. in a card game environment, and, and anything. So uh, I, I really, really enjoy this game for that very reason. Is because there's no turn one win decks, which just aggravate the living crap out of me. And hopefully, there never will be something like that. Uh, I don't think I mean. so because of how the game is actually but, set up. Because there's no way that a light side or a dark side player could get the dial to 12 or kill three objectives on turn one. No, it's highly, highly unlikely unless they, you know, went crazy and released some card and just didn't think about it and it tore everything up. But I don't, I don't see it happening with this either. I mean, I love this game not only because of Star Wars. I just like I know a lot of people. You know, before this game was even released, we're really iffy about this whole objective set building. Yeah. People are like, what? I don't get to pick every card, but I don't want to take that, you know, rookie pilot or something like that. Pilot's great for covering fire, let me just tell you. It's like, <laughs> oh, rookie pilot, bad. bye. Yeah, he's he's there to do exactly what he does. You sacrifice him. But for me, um, the objective set building, and this is like I was saying to some guys when we were down at Halifax last week for another game night tournament, I've got... You know, I just finished two years of school. I've got two kids, my wife, my house. You know, I've got a, I just got a new job. I've got a busy life. So sometimes the fact that I can, you know, just go in and think, okay, I want to take this set, this set, this set. The way I've got laid on my binder, all my sets are together. All I got to do is pull those cards, throw them in my sleeves, because I will not play without sleeves, and I can go. Worst a game more like Netrunner or Game of Thrones, you've got to think, you know, about which cards you want, uh, which set they're in. You've got to think of how many quantities you want. There's a, there's a lot more to deck building than in this game. So I can see this game appealing not only because it's Star Wars, but appealing to you know maybe the some of the older, more mature gamers who just don't have as much free time oh, to do yeah. the deck building, who just want to sit down and play. Exactly. No, I, I, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, 
Well, I think we've taken a good amount of time to kind of give a uh, a nice little episode one plot for for our viewers and listeners. Guys, I really appreciate you guys sticking around for the uh, forty plus minutes that we've been talking your ear off. Um, Matt, closing thoughts and shout outs. Uh, closing thoughts. I will be posting a deck list hopefully sometime soon uh, for the Scum and Villainy deck that I want to work on. And if other people want to take it and see where it goes, maybe we can all collaborate and try and see if we can make Scum and Villainy something before, sadly, July now for Edge of Darkness because the upcoming page on FFG was updated just yesterday and now says expected date is July, yeah. uh, which is a move all the way back from, well, we did think May and then June and now July. So you know, we're all going to be. I know I've been chomping at the bit to get it. So I want to give them a try, see what they can do, see how they kind of fit in the dark side meta. And uh, shout out, um, my shout out's just going to go to Smuggler's Den, um, which is the other Star Wars LCT podcast. Tiny and Ben do a phenomenal job. Yes. I'm a huge fan of their show. I've probably listened to every episode five, ten times. Mm-hmm. Like I go into work, I've got all the episodes on my computer. I put in my headphone and I start plugging away at the numbers and I'm just listening to them and you know they do a phenomenal job so you know our podcast here isn't competition or anything like that we're gonna have our show they're gonna have their show it's not a matter of you know ours is better or theirs is better that's not what it is this game is phenomenal and should have a dozen podcasts all with different voices different opinions keeping this game where it needs to be and making it more popular I mean if Netrunner can have six podcasts I'm sure Star Wars can have at least two, if not more. Oh, yeah, So definitely. who knows? Maybe we'll see a few more pop up in the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, big shout-out to uh, to Tiny and Ben, who do just such such a great job. I mean, uh, like you said, they, 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 they really are the one of the, the top two players, I think, in the entire community. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, 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 there's, they, they know their stuff, and they really are very good at explaining why they think x objective set should be in here and the other one shouldn't or this card is good because of of this and and they also admit when they're wrong which is something i I admire greatly um uh, i'd like to give a shout out to my wife um for just kind of supporting my my nerdy collection habits and uh she was kind of uh, like you're gonna buy cardboard and play people that doesn't make any sense and i'm like yeah okay it doesn't but that's okay she uh she's warmed up to it a lot more and uh, i want to kind of thank her for that um, also, shout out to uh, Fantasy Flight Games for allowing users to create content like this and not go, well, it's our content, you're not allowed to do it. So, I mean, I know that there's been a couple um, instances where that's happened, not, not only with card games, but just with, you know, video games or, or anything. There's There's been a, a number of companies that are very, very stickler about content like that. So, big shout out to Fantasy Flight for allowing users to create some, some really neat content out there, as well as making this game um, just... It's really kind of brought me back to the uh, the the old school style of just really enjoying and having a good social experience because I was really missing that for for a while because there just there wasn't a lot of good stuff to bring in together socially. I mean, with the internet being so popular, uh, people just stayed home and you know talked on Teamspeak or whatever. So uh, I I'm really glad that the, the social aspect has kind of been really brought back in at least in, in this community. Um, also, uh, shout out to uh, Shriggs, who's uh, my buddy. He actually was the one that introduced me to this game, and uh, I've been playing it ever since. So uh, thanks, Shriggs, for introducing to me to this game and wasting all my money. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> what um, friends are for. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, shout out to my local uh, store, Checkmate Games. Uh, they are awesome, and uh, they do Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh!, um, some tabletop games, and also Star Wars, so... Uh, big shout out to them for running tournaments and stuff and uh, letting us use their space. Um, that's all I got. Uh, Matt, anything else from you? Uh, my one and other shout out is going to go to the Nova Scotia LCG Hub, which is a living card game group that I have on Facebook that is essentially my attempt to help unite some of the disparate gamers of Nova Scotia that <laughs> play the various living card games and get us all kind of together. Cool. It went from being four or five of us we're up to 36 members now we've got a lot That's of netrunner awesome. players a lot of game of thrones players star wars actually has its own group too and uh the only thing we don't even be playing is warmer invasion unfortunately that game just didn't seem to go anywhere but uh shout out to them and 
just to copy you, Patrick, I should probably give a shout out to my wife as well, who is upstairs right now talking on the phone, probably wondering why I'm shouting at my computer <laughs> and thinking oh, he's playing another one of his stupid card games. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens. So yes. Um, again, thanks to the uh, the listeners who stuck around for the whole entire plot uh, pilot episode of Table Flip. I really appreciate it, guys. Um, if you have any questions Absolutely. or comments that you want to um, throw at us, I don't have an email address set up yet. But we will um, the, the next episode. We're going to try and run the, the podcast every other week so it doesn't conflict with the Smuggler's Den. So uh, when they have their podcast, um, ours will be the week after theirs. That way you get kind of a constant week-to-week basis of, of some, some, good, some good quality podcasts. And uh, we will uh, do a show um, when there is breaking news or there is a new Force Pack revealed or there is a new ruling change or whatever. Um, we haven't set a set day yet. Um, it'll probably be on a Wednesday, just like the Smugglers Den podcast. That way it's kind of keeps some consistency a little bit um, in releases, and that way people don't have to remember different days. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm shooting for Wednesday. Obviously, this isn't going to be released Wednesday. This is going to be released whenever we get it up. Um, so, again, guys, big shout-out to you guys for, for listening and, and listening to us ramble. Um, that's everything. That's it. That's all. God bless. May the force be with everybody. Matt, thanks again for joining me. We'll see you guys next episode.